The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Law acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to their elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome back to Brand New Little People, the podcast where we talk about all things early parenting with a particular focus on sleep and settling during those first few years. I'm Dr. Fallon Cook and I'm here with my colleague and friend, Dr. Laura Conway. And we're somewhere a little bit different this week. I mean, we're actually in the same room. <laughs> yeah, normally there's um, a few hundred kilometres between us, isn't there? Yeah, I wonder if people realise that. So, oh yeah, they might not. You're based in the city in Melbourne, and I'm out in the countryside. So we're actually a couple of hours away from each other, and we're usually kind of phoning into these these podcast episodes. Um, and we talk every day, running yep. Infant Sleep Australia in some <laughs> as well. But um, we're having a lovely weekend away because we have, you were just saying to me, Laura, we have not stopped talking all weekend. <laughs> we have worked so hard because we are, we're really pumped. We've just finished filming all of the video lessons for the Sombal toddler program. Which we're, yeah, we've just been working so hard on it and oh, they're bloody brilliant. I'm really excited, Laura. Yeah, I'm so excited as well. It's been so much fun to be in the same place yeah. for once and to be able to um, look at the toddler program and craft it so that we are distilling as much information as we possibly can about yeah. toddler sleep into one place um, and bouncing ideas off each other. Uh, I just know uh, parents are going to love it. Yes. Because I think one thing, I think we're good at this, is being able to really break things down into understandable chunks mm -hmm. and, and actionable steps as well. So, oh, fingers crossed everyone loves it. Yeah, I <laughs> hope so. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we, we're really proud of it, aren't we? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And only a few weeks until it launches. So we're aiming to... Um, to get that one out into the world in early November. And we already have so many people, Laura, who have joined that toddler um, mini series. I've already forgotten what it's called, our toddler ebook and mini series. So yes. it's a, a freebie on the website if you're keen. Um, I think we're heading close to 200 people who have actually joined that, which is really lovely. And we've got a whole bunch of people who we know are on our wait list for the toddler program. So that's been fueling us this weekend we've it got to get has. it done yeah we know we've got families who are just waiting for mm. that program and um, i think um the first question we um received um is very relevant to this conversation um one of our um Sombell mums wrote in to say at what age do babies become toddlers yes it's such a good question because you know as I suppose when we think about toddlers, we think of them as being 12 months of age and yeah. older. That's kind of the criteria that we apply. 
And I don't know about you, Laura, but with my own kids, I really struggled to start calling them toddlers. Mm. I just wasn't ready. They're just babies. They're They're still babies. babies. (laughs) Yeah, my 13-year-old, I still call her my baby. (laughs) She rolls her eyes at me. Oh, I bet she loves it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? My mum still calls me her baby because I was the youngest. (laughs) Oh, that's that's sweet. That was a long time ago. Yes. Um, I only really called mine toddlers, I think, once they could you know, walk and move around, then I started to accept that, okay. (laughs) Yeah, because they're actually physically toddling, aren't they, at that point? So it makes more sense. Um, So for those of you who are thinking, well, they're talking about this toddler sleep program, is that only going to be applicable to my children once they start to toddle? No, it's actually going to be applicable from 12 months and over. Yeah, and right up until your child turns four years Mm. because so many of the strategies are the same ones we use, you know, whether they're one year, two year or three years of age. We just sort of adjust them slightly depending on the age and, and that's all worked into the program. So, yeah, amazing. Yeah, so... Um, we've had um, a couple of interesting questions, haven't we, Fallon, from mm. our members? And um, the main one is a bit of a doozy. Okay. So let's jump <laughs> right. straight Get in. <laughs> so Sophia has asked, um, or actually, yeah, her question is, I would love to hear more on the concept of overtired in babies. Mm. What does this look like and what is its impact on sleep? Oh, it's mm. a minefield, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh, we hear about overtired so much. So much. It's, oh, it's one of those things that makes me shudder a little bit. So where to begin? I suppose we begin at the start. So before the age of 12 weeks, babies absolutely can become overtired because they're not producing their own sleep hormones yet. So the longer they're awake, they're not getting this build up in sleep hormones that will eventually put them to sleep. So they can become so worked up and so overwrought Mm. that suddenly you're in a position where it does not matter what you do. Mm -hmm. They will not settle down for sleep. It can take hours to kind of help them through it and get them to a point where they can drift off to sleep. Mm. So in those first few months, 100%, you want to try to avoid that overtiredness because you don't have those sleep hormones building up in their system over time that are going to help them get to sleep it's like they don't have that biological off switch Mm. they don't have the hormones that are gonna finally tip them over into sleep yes exactly and it can put a lot of strain on parents Um, if they've got an overtired baby you're gonna see a lot of crying and Ugh, not not fun. But I still think most parents are pretty clever at avoiding mm. overtiredness in their little babies. Um, and what, just sorry, just to yeah. jump in there, Fallon, the way that you do avoid overtiredness in very little babies is to ensure that they aren't awake for very long. They have short periods awake yeah, during the yep. day. And you're looking for the tired signs, yeah. which are pretty uniform in really little babies. So. Um, you'll certainly notice things like their movements become really jerky. So a really Mm. well-rested baby. um, I mean, little babies aren't the greatest at making movements, but you'll notice that their arms and legs start to become much more sort of jerky in their Mm. movements. Um, They won't want to look at your face. They'll want to stare away into the distance and they'll start to grizzle and really kind of disengage from things. Yeah, and when you see that Mm. in a very little baby... Run. (laughs) Run. (laughs) Find their swaddle quick. (laughs) I remember very vividly, especially with my first, 
um, would see a tired sign and would be like, quick, you change the nappy <laughs> into the room, close the blinds. But it worked because we only had about two minutes, two, three minutes, and then he would lose it. Yeah. So we knew if we just really quickly got him into the dark room, ready for sleep, he'd, he'd get off to sleep fine. Mm. Um, so the reason why we say like this whole area of overtiredness is a bit of a minefield is that it's one of these concepts that has gotten so overhyped, mm. I think, that it has actually caused a lot of harm. Yeah. Uh, we see parents coming into the clinic all the time who are, have been desperately trying to avoid overtiredness in older babies mm. to the point where their babies are not awake long enough during the daytime. So they might be constantly having short cat naps because they're never quite tired enough to do a long nap. Mm -hmm. um, and they might have so many of those short cat naps in the daytime because parents are worried about overtiredness, but then their nights are horrendous, yeah. really bad nights. Um, I see that a lot. Do you see that? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's, it's almost like parents have some kind of, um, PTSD from mm. those early months of missing the tired signs and their very little babies becoming overtired. Yes. And then they they haven't um, they don't know that that actually comes to an end and they think, oh my god, I can't, that was so awful mm. when my baby was one month old that I don't ever want to experience that again. And so mm. I'm going to do everything I can to um, make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and they'll continue to um, particularly if they're following some um, well-meaning age-based schedule they may be thinking well I'll only keep my baby up for an hour and a half during the day before they go down for a nap and that mm. baby might actually be nine months old <laughs> and might yeah. need actually a little bit longer than that awake yeah, during the day exactly uh, and yeah. they just haven't the parents haven't realized that because there is so much misinformation out there and so much fear-mongering about oh, so don't let your much. child get overtired yeah and i think the thing that really bugs me the most is you know this idea that if your baby is overtired during the daytime then their nights or if they're even overtired at bedtime they're going to have terrible nights mm. like this idea that overtiredness causes poor sleep yeah and it's a real it's out there everywhere like mm. you go online you go and search up a few different sleep accounts and things and you will find that exactly oh they're waking up a lot at night maybe they're overtired i'm sorry <laughs> But what? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, when we think about the actual science, and I did the other, I was telling you about this, Laura, the other day yeah. I went on PubMed. So PubMed is a repository that has, I think it has all scientific articles on it, mm -hmm. really. I mean, it's pretty thorough, covers everything. Um, and I thought, well, let's actually have a look. Maybe I've missed something recently, you know, yeah. maybe something new's come out about overtiredness. Nothing. There's just nothing. No. There's just... If there were some studies where they had looked at overtiredness, I mean, for starters, we'd have to figure out how to measure that. But if there were studies looking at overtiredness that had found this direct sort of link or correlation mm -hmm. with night waking or settling difficulties or something like that, um, my mind would absolutely be changed. But yep. it is not something that has been properly studied. Overtiredness has not been properly studied at all in mm. babies, toddlers, or I think in any age group. Mm. So what I would say to anyone listening is that once your baby hits that sort of four month mark, the longer they're awake, the more their levels of sleep hormones are building up across the day when they're awake. 
um, because they're starting to produce their own sleep hormones at that point. And even if they are awake a really, really, really long time and they're really, really cranky, they, those sleep hormones are going to help them get off to sleep eventually. Yep. Um, it might take a little bit of comfort from you to help calm them if they're really kind of overwrought and, and cranky, but they can do it and it's not going to be a disaster for the rest of their sleep that day or that night. No, that's right. And I will, I was telling you earlier, Fallon, that um, what I quite often will say to families in clinic who are worried about um, starting to let their baby or toddler be awake for a bit longer during the day than they have previously been doing is that their baby or toddler is going to feel very, very tired when they go from being awake for only an hour and a half at a time to even mm. just suddenly to two hours or two and a half hours or three hours. They're just going to not know what this feels like. Yes. And we feel things in our bodies and mm. we know ourselves, and I'm sure most of the families listening know what it feels like to be very tired. <laughs> I reckon they're experts in that. <laughs> and it doesn't feel very nice. No. But we're not broken. Yes. And we're not going to not be able to sleep. No, you're going to sleep like an absolute log. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's happening yeah. with these um, uh, babies and toddlers who are having their awake time stretched a little bit during the day is that they are feeling something in their bodies that they have never felt before. Yes. And that feeling might be, it's a new feeling to them. They might be, they might not like it. Mm. They might be a bit worried about it for older um, children. Um, but what your job is as a parent is to support them, cuddle them, reassure them mm, when they're having that feeling, help them yeah. adjust. And when those babies go to sleep and wake up feeling better, and that happens over you know, a few times, mm. they will realize that this feeling that they're having in their body at the moment, which shows that they're really tired, passes. Yes. This isn't their, their life from yes. now on. Yeah. But they don't know that. They're yes. tiny. They've never had this experience before. Yes, so, exactly. So yeah. they learn to not be so upset by that mm. uncomfortable feeling because it's actually okay. It happens sometimes and it passes. Yeah. Yes. And actually then as they get used to being awake for longer periods of time, mm. their circadian rhythm also just adjusts. Yeah. So then they won't feel quite as tired mm. as they will do at the very start you know, when we're yeah. just starting to adjust their schedule so they have um, slightly longer times awake so that they can nap for longer and sleep better overnight. Mm. It always takes about a week or so yeah. for them to get yeah. used to that new schedule. Um, and then they will begin to feel slightly less yes. tired. And I think that throws parents too because they go, well, one day I did try a longer yes. awake time and the nights were still horrible it's like yeah because any i said this all the time any one night is influenced by the whole week prior mm -hmm. that's what makes it so confusing you know you yep. have a great night and you think i'll do the exact same thing i did that day and it doesn't work yep. and it's because of that so when you make those changes be ready to do it for a week um, and also once your once your baby or your toddler is having better nights because you're stretching them out a little bit more in the daytime they wake up more refreshed yeah. And being awake a bit longer is that much easier for them. Yeah. So mm. if you have started working on um, trying to drop a nap, for example, or stretching the amount of time that your baby or toddler is awake during the day, um, and you've experienced this super cranky baby, try not to fall down that rabbit hole of thinking, oh my goodness, they're overtired. Mm. Because if they're over the four-month mark, 
it's mm. very very unlikely they're overtired they're just super tired yeah and don't go back just keep persisting keep going um and give them at least a week yeah um, to, to see how they go it. yeah yeah because when i think about it if i was seeing i mean our business is sleep right <laughs> and if i mean, i just have never i don't think i've ever I mean, i'm just trying to rack my brain I don't recall ever seeing a baby or toddler and thinking, oh, they're so overtired. This parent is not letting them sleep enough. <laughs> you know, no, like never. It's not a problem. Often it's that parents see a tiny little grimace or something that makes them think that some tired signs may be coming. And then they're quick to try and get them into bed to sleep. And parents haven't actually experienced that normal phase of grumpiness. And yeah. they're kind of a bit too quick to act because of that fear of overtiredness. Yeah, you're so right, Fallon. That's Parents are told that if they let their babies get overtired, mm. they're doing something wrong. And that, mm. I don't think there is a parent alive that wants their baby or toddler to be um, to not be sleeping mm. or to, to be mm. um, uh, awake more than they need to. You know, mm. so every single family who is buying Sonbel, who is coming into the clinic to see us, is so committed to helping support yeah. their baby or toddler get the sleep that they need. Yeah, um, that it's it's heartbreaking to hear them come in saying oh, i think i've done something wrong my baby's overtired yeah. like, you are so committed yeah um it's oh. just this awful um i don't know this kind of hammer that parents are hit over the mm. head with that's just kind of got into it the psyche societal oh, yes. psyche um and um all these poor committed parents are then feeling that they've done something wrong yeah and we've talked a lot on this podcast about a hatred of misinformation around sleep and this is one of those areas where it drives us crazy and we often see something don't we and share it yeah. with each other like oh my god look at this it's terrible and uh definitely feel very sympathetic for parents these days who are having to navigate all of that it's just mm. exhausting you're exhausted and you're trying to deal with this misinformation and not knowing you know up from down it's really yeah. challenging and it's just a challenge that parents don't need and they shouldn't have to deal with no that's right mm. so um sophia we did go off on a little bit of a rant there <laughs> because you did you did ask us you touched a sore point i think the weather's joining in i don't know if anyone else can hear that but the rain has just started crashing down i think it's um sort of in tune with our mood yeah so thank you sophia i hope that answers your questions about overtired and I hope that's been really helpful to the other listeners and as well. And a big thank you to Sophia who sent us the most beautiful video testimonial oh, as well. Yeah, it's absolutely you. beautiful. We'll have to get it up on social media soon too. Really appreciate that. Yeah, and if anybody else um, wants to do a video mm. testimonial, um, that would just be absolutely wonderful because um, parents who are thinking about seeking help for their um, baby's sleep often don't know which way to go and really yeah. value other parents. Yes, um, yeah, feedback. seeing other parents who say this helped, this, you know, this is how we got through this. Mm. It's really helpful for other parents yeah. for sure. Um, and we had um, another question from Angela. 
um, who has said she's um, recently bought the Sombell 4 to 12 month program um, but her baby in the meantime has recently started to pull herself up to standing uh-huh. <laughs> and so she Angela has said she wants to work on cot settling but is really worried about how to do this with a baby who is potentially going to be trying uh, to pull herself up to stand all the time yeah. do we have any tips Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it, that cots are just the ideal climbing frame. <laughs> like, could you invent yeah. a more perfect apparatus yeah. for helping babies learn how to stand? Yeah. Oh, it's really, really tough. Um, but it's absolutely possible to mm. get through this. It's just going to take probably just a little bit of thinking um, along the way. I think one of the key things I often tell families is, yes, your baby might pull themselves up to stand, but what you're wanting is if they do that, you just want them to figure out how to get themselves back down and put yeah. themselves to sleep. Mm-hmm. If you constantly and immediately lay them back down, mm-hmm. they can't learn it. They just can't learn that skill because you're mm. not giving them the chance to actually try to do yes. it. So often, yeah, there's a few tricky nights because every time they wake up, they're standing up. <laughs> but pretty quickly, the novelty wears off, I suppose, yeah. for them. And they start to master that skill of laying themselves back down. So I would generally say, whatever approach you decide to go with, um, with cot settling, if you notice when you're implementing that approach that your baby has stood up, resist the urge to run straight over Mm -hmm. and just give them one minute or maybe two minutes, whatever you can manage before you go and lay them down. Yeah, yeah, and if they are, um, I I talk to my uh, clients and say, you know, if your baby is hanging on for dear life, (laughs) like <laughs> on then you don't want to force them to lie yes. down either so yeah. uh, look that's probably not the case for Angela because if her baby's only just started to pull herself up to stand she's probably not strong enough yet yeah but yeah some baby, toddlers will grip <laughs> they grip on it's a vice-like grip yeah. on the on the uh, edge of the cot yeah. um, and the last thing you want to do is get into a tussle with your toddler in the middle yeah. of the night um, so if that is the case you don't want to be hurting them inadvertently by trying mm. to prise their fingers off the cot so you might just reassure them as they stand and then mm. um, pass them just, the comforter so they have to let go and hold on yes. to that and then they'll be more willing to yeah to lay down um, yeah. I'd also um, just double check Angela that if you haven't already done so that you've lowered the cot mattress mm. um, to the lowest setting um, and also just um, do another audit of the bedroom in which your baby sleeps and check that there isn't anything mm. in reaching distance that they previously wouldn't have been able to grab mm. um, definitely so, and definitely yeah. please check for I know one of the most dangerous things is if the change mat is right beside the cot and you've got creams or medications oh, in there yeah. or the plastic oh, bags mm. for getting rid of nappies it's a horrible thought to have yeah. but now you've had it go and check make sure yeah. they're not near the cot because you, yeah, you want to keep them safe um, on the standing up in the cot for listeners with older children like toddlers um, sometimes they realise if I stand up mum or dad or whoever else is looking after them is going to hang around longer yes. so sometimes they can be a bit <laughs> cheeky and they decide well I'm just going to keep standing up and my parents just going to keep coming over and it almost becomes a bit of a bedtime delay tactic because yes. they realize it gets your attention um, or they might start throwing things out of the cot that's oh, a really yeah. common one too yeah, if I throw everything out the, the cot mum yeah. will be horrified or dad will run back over and give me all the things back 
So a similar thing with that, just hold off a minute, just wait a minute or two. You know, if you're in the room with them or whatever, just sit there quietly and just kind of ignore it. Wait that minute and then go over quickly, kind of reset the situation and then give them another couple of minutes. If they spring back up again immediately, still just go and wait that minute. Mm. Fold clothes in their room or whatever it is you like to do. Give them that chance to see, oh, actually, if I throw everything out or stand up, I've just got to wait. <laughs> I've got yeah. to wait for them to get here. And suddenly it doesn't seem like such a fun game. No, it's anymore. a bit more boring then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> this game of whack-a-mole is, um, is over. <laughs> and uh, this is so boring that I might as well just lay down. Yeah. 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 And get off to sleep. Well, I think we're probably ready to wrap it up we've actually managed to keep relatively on time today laura and the rain is pouring down here yeah i think we're probably gonna have to um call an end to this just because we can hardly hear ourselves (laughs) Uh, well take care everybody and thank you to those who've submitted questions if you've got your own questions for the podcast please send them in to us we'll put a note in the show notes um for how to do that if you'd love to submit a video testimonial we will love you forever (laughs) Um, if you've got a tricky toddler you're having some bedtime difficulties or night waking or early rising the Sombell program for toddlers that's what it's going to be all about and it's packed full of so many different strategies um you can absolutely join our wait list for that you'll be alerted when that becomes available and we'll even give you a little discount when it does get released and of course if you've got a baby zero to 12 months and you're having troubles um join sombell it's absolutely packed full of great information and you can submit your questions here and be part of our beautiful sombell family so we'll wrap it up there uh, have a wonderful week everybody and uh yeah you'll be hearing us again next week thanks everyone bye 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 if you need help with your baby's sleep or settling then you need sombell Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged 0 to 12 months. It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and soak in your baby. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.